TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Well, good morning. It is Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Joe Beamer with you for the next two hours Glad you are here joining us later in the show, and by later I mean in 25 minutes, we'll be speaking with Congressman Chris Jacobs, a lot to get his opinion on with what's going on, and then we will have Carl Calabrese in the 11 o'clock hour, uh, breaking down not only some of the things we'll be talking about with the congressman, but also some local issues here in New York State. You've heard the news um, of... The federal government not looking into the nursing home or not looking any further. Uh, so we'll get his opinion on all that. We'll get the congressman's opinion on all that as well, uh, especially with the news this week. After all the attention was put on Canada not uh, opening the border, it's the United States now who has extended non-essential travel into into the United States from Canada um, around the same time that Canada is allowing uh, Americans to travel, obviously with vaccinations, with tests. And again, if you listen during the week, you know my opinion on that. If you're vaccinated, we've had numerous doctors tell us if you're vaccinated, you should not be tested. And, And we're seeing this at the Olympics We are seeing this, we're going to see this at the border, people testing positive. I mean, John Rahm, who already had COVID, right? He's had COVID, he's gone through it, he's no longer contagious, but because he's still testing positive, not able to compete in the Olympics, I think it's ridiculous. Um, So just look out for that, because I'm sure there will be people who had COVID months ago that are still testing positive and can't go into Canada. So that is something we definitely uh, are going to follow closely, and we will get the opinion of the congressman and of uh, political advisor Carl Calabrese. But you know, I, w- I want to I want to first just get into something. So you're probably wondering, Joe, it's you know the beginning of the show, no guest. Well, that's right, we don't have a guest at the beginning of the show. And now you know I have a political opinion. You know my opinion. I during the week make that opinion very obvious. I, you know, I listen to everyone's opinion. That's one thing I've I've always, I've always tried to do is if you disagree with me, you know, I put you, if you call in and disagree with me and and I'm sure Tony and Clarence uh, would, would agree with me. I would hope would agree with me. If you call in and disagree with me or have a differing opinion, I'm more likely to put you at the top of the caller list. Because I want that different opinion. I want to have a nice back and forth. I think it's, especially in 2021, I think it's very important to talk with people who you disagree with politically. We don't have enough of that. You know, people block uh, people on Twitter, on social media, so they only see their opinion. 
And I think that's why we've gotten to this political divide that we are in, because people just want to be in their own echo chamber and they don't want to hear the opinion of others. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, that's not me during the week, and that's definitely not me on this show. So during the week, I have an opinion. You know my opinion. Now, when I sit in this chair, it doesn't mean I don't have an opinion, but I try to just get the thoughts of our leaders during this show. So it could be a Republican, a Democrat, whoever. I'm going to, I'm going to obviously treat them the exact same. I'm going to ask them questions. I'm going to let them get their opinion out, get their view out, get their policy out. That's the point of this show. This show is a political magazine. So you and you if you've listened to this show in, in weeks past, in years past, you know that. I mean, Congressman Brian Higgins is one of the most frequent guests on this show. Me and the congressman do not agree on a lot, but Congressman Brian Higgins is always available to come on the show, talk about what's going on in Congress, what's going on in his district. And you know what? Yes, he and I politically don't agree on a lot, but I do believe that he wants what's best for Western New York. He cares about his district. I don't think you can say that about everyone in Congress. I think you can say that about Brian Higgins. I think you can say that about Chris Jacobs. But Congressman Brian Higgins has been on this show. He's been on this station. I mean, in the last week, he's been on this station three times. And he knows my opinion. And he is still, anytime I, I, I ask if he'll come on, 99% of the time, he makes himself available and will come on. And I have so much respect for that um, because, again, it doesn't, he doesn't care that we don't agree politically. He's, he, he knows that he's going to get you know a question or two, but that doesn't bother him because he wants to get out what he's trying to do. He wants to get out what's going on in Congress, what's going on in his district. And again, I believe that's because he wants what's best for Western New York. And you don't have to agree with someone politically to say that. So it, and th this is what I'm trying to get at. It, it's frustrating to me when I try to get guests who, yes, politically don't agree with me. And they continuously say no. And they continuously avoid the show. And hey, do what you want to do. You know, I understand it's, it's Sunday. It's in the middle of the summer. Do what you want to do. But I don't think that, I, again, this is my opinion, and I don't usually do opinion on this show, but I'm doing it in this first segment. I think that shows a lack of leadership. You are an elected leader. You're in an elected position, and you won't come on this show because you've had a few disagreements with the host. I think that's really sad, and I think that shows a lack of leadership. I mean, I'll give you another example. Mayor Byron Brown. He's been on this show numerous times. He and I politically don't see eye to eye, but he's on this show numerous times to talk about what's going on in the city, to talk about his campaign. India Walton has been on this show. Three days before the primary, India Walton was on this show. We do not agree politically. We do not see eye to eye on most politics, but she has been on this show. Jeremy Zellner. Chair of the, DN the Erie County Democrat Party. Another regular on this show. 
Jeremy and I don't see almost anything eye to eye politically. But guess what? If I ask the, the Democrat chairman to come on the show, almost all the time, he says yes. So it's not everyone. It's not even most people. Pat Burke, another regular on Hardline. Pat Burke and I have had disagreements on social media, and he still will come on the show. So, yeah, we don't agree. I don't agree politically with those individuals, but I have respect for them because they will come on here. They will give their opinion. They will give what their vision is for a certain election or for a certain project in New York State, knowing that, you know, most of the time I don't agree with them, but that's not the point of this show. The point of this show is to what's going on politically in the last week in Western New York. That is the point of this show. And I have tried to be, I think, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, I think I've been very good about that with the guests we've had on. So you can, so you can see, and it's probably coming across, my frustration when there are certain individuals that are passing a lot of policy, are making big uh, announcements, you know, with a full staff and signings and everything, who continue, continuously will not come on this show. And I, I don't really know why you can't put aside 25 minutes to talk about something that, according to your Twitter page, you're really proud of. You did a, a, a whole uh, PowerPoint presentation about it, but you won't come on Hardline to talk about it because you don't agree with the host's politics? If that's you, then you are part of the problem. You, an elected official, that's part of the problem. That's part of the problem that I have said for several years now that I am going to try at the very least in the little bit that I can do to not have such a political divide. We can have our political differences, our difference of opinion. That's what makes this this country beautiful. Yeah, we do have our difference of opinion. And at times, I'm very vocal about that difference of opinion. But if because that difference of opinion, you're not going to talk to someone, you're not going to make yourself available as a, and I'm doing air quotes here, a leader, you are part of the problem. And that's all I have to say about that. I'm very thankful to the guests that do come on this show. Like I said, there's a lot of people on the left side of the aisle that we do not agree but they are on this show almost regularly, and I have a lot of respect for them. I'm, I'm glad that they make themselves available. Yeah, we have disagreements, of course. Yeah, I might tweet something sarcastic, of course. But I have respect for them for coming on this show, for talking about what it is they are promoting, to talk about what it is they are trying to pass, to talk about a candidate, to talk about voting, all those things. And um, I, I couldn't have more respect for those individuals, and I hope they continue to come on the show. But to those that continuously say, oh, no, no, I'm not coming on with you. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's your loss. What can I say? <laughs> that's, that's what it, come, it boils down to. And I thought, you know what? Instead of rebooking the 10 o'clock, why not make that point? Why not put that out there? Part of the political divide are the people we elect. Part of the political divide 
are people in, 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 in positions of leadership that do not want to talk to those on the other side. And that goes for Democrats and that goes for Republicans. For those that anytime there's something wrong, they go on social media and continuously blame the other side. No matter what it is, it's always the other political side's problem. Instead of, eh, you know what, maybe we can come to a compromise. No one wants to compromise anymore. I think it's pretty sad, but, you know, hey, we still have a great show for you. We will continue to have great shows for you. And if certain people want to make a big deal about something they passed and don't want to talk about it with us, well, they must not have that much faith in it. Other things that happened uh, during this week, as you heard, um, Nancy Pelosi, I don't know if you heard, Speaker Pelosi is putting together a commission to investigate what happened on January 6th. Well, she was on with George Stephanopoulos to talk about the two members, and we are going to ask the congressman about this, Congressman Jacobs, in the next segment. She was asked about those members and what's the next move in this, quote, bipartisan commission. And I made the point uh, with Randy Bush over last hour that this is the same as if in Senate, Mitch McConnell was putting together a, quote, bipartisan committee, uh, committee and Joe Manchin was on it. Democrats would have, Democrats, um, yeah, Democrats would say, wait, Joe Manchin? Well, that's what Republicans are saying when Speaker Pelosi put Liz Cheney on. Now, Kevin McCarthy wanted Jim Jordan to be part of this committee, and Nancy Pelosi said, no, here's what she told George Stephanopoulos about that decision. I wanted to appoint the three, uh, three of the members that uh, Leader McCarthy suggested, uh, but he withdrew their names. The two that I would not appoint are people who would uh, jeopardize the integrity of the investigation. So is it a bipartisan investigation, or is it put people that will agree with me committee? I'm, I'm not really sure what her point is, but that was her answer when talking to George Stephanopoulos. And I will, that's probably the first thing we're going to ask uh, Congressman Jacobs about when we come back. That committee, uh, looking into January 6th, Nancy Pelosi says, yes, you know, Republicans get so many members. Oh, wait, not those members. So we'll talk with him about that. We'll talk with Carl Calabrese in the 11 o'clock hour. And if you have anything you'd like to, um, you think I should ask the congressman, you can tweet it. I'm sorry. I'm so in on Twitter right now. You can text it, 803-0930. That's the Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board. Thanks for listening to me do a little bit of a monologue. I promise this won't be a normal hardline thing where I just open up at 10 o'clock and, you know, talk about how frustrated I am at certain things. This is not going to be the normal start to hardline. I, um, it's just when, when something happens so often and, you know, I look back at certain guests we've had on this show and now won't come on this show, and I look back at our interviews, and there was nothing um, confrontational about it. You know, I, I, I thought all the questions were fair, and now certain individuals just keep on avoiding this show, keep on turning down this show. And, and like I said, I think at the end of the day, that looks bad on you. It doesn't look bad on me. It doesn't look bad on us. Um, again, if you believe in something, if, if you believe in in what you are doing, if you believe in a new proposal, if you believe in a new project, then why wouldn't you why wouldn't you want to come on and talk about that? Obviously, you don't have a lot of faith in what you're doing, or you wouldn't avoid this show 
week after week after week. When we come back, we will be talking with Congressman Chris Jacobs right here on News Radio 930 WBEM. It is Congressman Chris Jacobs joining us. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Us, Congressman Jacobs, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Now, Congressman, I, I want to start right on what everyone was kind of talking about toward the end of last week, but we, we heard rumbles of it this week as well, and that is the U.S., uh, the United States of America's decision to keep the border closed into Canada, or I'm sorry, into, the, uh, into America for non-essential travel. After all of the back and forth with Canada, this seems like it was unexpected. Yeah, I was very surprised and not happy with this. You know, Canada, in my mind, has been dragging its feet and slow rolling uh, and opening for months and months and months. And, you know, families have been separated, have suffered for so long in our, our, our regional economy on, on both sides of the border. And finally, I think uh, and a real testament to all the families that have been vocal on this uh, that Canada made the move and said they're going to reopen um, on the 9th at, uh, to allow vaccinated Americans to get up there. Um, and then, uh, you, surprisingly, now it's the U.S. who's lacking leadership here. Uh, they have decided to not uh, allow Canadians to come down uh, and uh, have kind of kicked the can again and said uh, they'll, they'll evaluate on the 21st of August uh, what they're going to do. So, uh, you know, now we have uh, that the lack of leadership is on the American side here, that uh, Canadians can't come down. Uh, You know, family separation will continue uh, because there's some people who just can't go up to Canada and uh, and see their loved ones. And then also our economy continues to suffer as we're heading into the, the, you know, really the final month of of the, the summer season and tourism. And, you know, it's looking like it's a, a second summer in a row where, our regional economy will suffer so much. So um, I'm I'm really angry about this, and I, I, I'm not going to accept it. I know other colleagues of mine are not. We're going to keep being vocal and urge the Biden administration to reconsider this because there's no – it's very harmful, and there's no science behind what they're doing here. Uh, they, you know, Biden administration always talks about following the science until they 
have other reasons to make it up as they go. And there's no clarity on, on metrics. I mean, what do they want to see for opening? They don't give us anything. I've sent letters upon letters, as others have, to get some clarity from the Biden administration on what they are doing. And they have been they've been radio silence uh, to to elected officials and the public at large. So very disappointing, a real lack of leadership. Uh, and unacceptable. I also want to know what you think of Canada's uh, new guidance on getting in once the border does open. Uh, You have to be vaccinated and you have to show a negative COVID test, which kind of goes against what doctors say for those who are vaccinated. Uh, You know, a lot of doctors are saying if you're vaccinated, you really shouldn't go and be tested because it, it could lead to the, it could lead to more, quote, breakthrough cases, but if you're not showing symptoms, it's not really a breakthrough case. What do you think of Canada making you test even though you're vaccinated? Yeah, I, certainly I, I'm glad Canada is making some movement to open. It, they are by far uh, from a perfect as far as, as, far as I'm seeing. You, 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 you articulated it very well. There's no science there on why you should have to get a, a test before you go uh, on and, uh, you know, that, that it really achieves nothing other than making it more burdensome. And, and I, I guarantee this is not going to be pretty at the border, uh, especially the first couple of weeks or try, as they're trying to work through this. But, uh, yeah, I was disappointed that they did that. Um, I'm certainly happy they made some movement. But uh, they, they really, you know, the governments, if they want the public to trust them, and uh, they have to uh, explain why they do things. And there's no explanation here why they are doing that. And uh, so, I, you know, for a while I know I was hearing that they were going to require, you know, a test 72 hours before you go over and then a, a rapid test when you get there. I'm glad they didn't do that. But there's still no real explanation on why they're requiring this other step. And every step you do is going to make it uh, exponentially more of a bureaucratic nightmare to get over the border. And um, I, I, again, I was, I was disappointed they continued uh, that narrative because there's no explanation on the science they side with for that. Now, as we talk of the northern border, I know you've uh, done a lot of uh, you've done a few visits to the southern border. You've done a lot of um, uh, conversations and meetings on the southern border. Any developments there as you know, the United States wants to keep the northern border closed. Uh, what's the uh, status update on the southern border? Disaster. Uh, still a disaster. Uh, I think uh, we were at one hundred eighty eight thousand. Uh, 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 interdictions, uh, people that were caught coming over the last month. That's the highest in 20 years, uh, you know, as Biden continues to live in denial that this is just a cyclical thing, he said in his town hall. Um, this is a crisis. Uh, it's unprecedented, and it's frankly going to get worse. Um, and the, they, the Biden administration continues to ignore it. Um, you know, Kamala Harris finally went down after all the pre- uh, pressure that was put on her, and she went down for about a half hour, had a press conference at an airport, and then left pretty much. Uh, but uh, people are suffering down there. Uh, the communities are suffering. And, you know, I went down most recently and a couple weeks ago, and when I was flying home, uh, there was a lot of uh, the, um, the uh, people who had come over on, on my flight. Uh, that uh, they had packets and they were being shipped all over the country. So uh, when people say to me, why are you going down there? What does that have to do with New York State? Uh, this is going to impact the nation. And people are very quickly getting put on buses and trains and planes 
on taxpayer dollars and sent throughout uh, the United States uh, with a quote-unquote court date for the future to see if they uh, deserve asylum. And we know from uh, past experience that the likelihood of those people ever coming back for court date is uh, next to none. So, uh, you know, I think it, it, it really is a serious issue. I see a lot of human suffering down these, these families that are coming across um, from, you know, dr- lured across by drug cartels and who are going to be kind of indentured servants for a period of time, many of the young people going into gangs and so forth. Uh, so it really is a, a national security crisis and a, a human um, human crisis on uh, uh, on what's happening to these families. And, and I will say, I, I do believe there is a connection between the policies or lack of policies on the southern border and what's happening in the northern border. I think the one reason uh, the Biden administration is holding off on opening up uh, the uh, northern borders because they fear that it, it could cause pressure to remove one one remaining provision that is still on on the books from the Trump administration that is staving off another huge increase in illegal entries and uh, and so um, you know the, the Biden administration removing so many of the good Trump policies is really impacting up on the, on the northern border as well. Has there been any uh, developments on this? I know before you made your last trip to Texas, uh, Governor Abbott talked about how the state of Texas was going to complete uh, the border wall within the state of Texas. Was that still the plan when you last visited? Yes. Uh, I went to an event and I went to a town hall with Governor Abbott and, and uh, President Trump and Governor Abbott, uh, Abbott because we, we uh, had an event where there was a gaping hole uh, where there's fence and then a gaping hole where the, the fence had stopped construction. And, uh, you know, I went down uh, that, that time I went down, I went the night before around midnight um, and we went to a location at the border where there was border wall and then no border wall. And just the uh, uh, illegal immigrants were just pouring in and pouring in and pouring in. Uh, and then, you know, the uh, Border Patrol would say, you know, we, we have all these families coming in right now. So it forces Border Patrol to rush over here and deal with these people who have been maybe out in the elements and haven't eaten for uh, days on end. And then uh, they said, I guarantee you, a mile down the road at the other gaping hole, that's where the brothers are coming in. So uh, but anyway, Governor Ab- Abbott is con- committed to doing that and uh, to, to build the wall in the sections that have not been built. Uh, it's uh, really terrible they they need to do that on texas taxpayer expenses when there's border wall that's sitting in stacks uh, that have not been put off uh, put up because the biden administration has uh refused to continue to um to allow it to go up so actually the vendors are the, the contractors that were contracted to put those walls up are still getting paid uh but the biden administration says don't don't do anything uh don't so the taxpayer dollars are going out but no walls are going up so uh, the self-help of the Texans is very impressive. They have to do it for the safety of their citizens and the chaos they're seeing. You know, uh, chases, car chases galore, uh, crime, uh, what they're dealing with is really unacceptable. It's terrible that they have to experience that. We are speaking with Congressman Chris Jacobs here on Hardline on WBEN. Congressman, this week we uh, heard that Speaker Pelosi, uh, talking about the January 6th commission that she has put together, uh, will not allow two of the members that Minority Leader McCarthy had suggested for the commission and that she is asking that two other members be selected instead. Uh, what do you think of Speaker Pelosi handpicking this, uh, what's supposed to be, bipartisan committee? 
Yeah. Well, I, I voted against this, uh, this uh, select committee because I, I thought it was going to be exactly what is being manifested now, that it's going to be a completely partisan charade of, um, of the Democrats uh, and, uh, and led by Nancy Pelosi. And let's be clear, Nancy Pelosi didn't want Jim Jordan on there. Uh, Jim Jordan is a ranker on judiciary. He, he deserves to be on there. It's clearly appropriate that he would be on there. But Jim Jordan had raised issues that a lot of us wanted to know uh, in terms of what did Nancy Pelosi know prior uh, to the events of the 6th. And the indications we've had is that she was informed of intelligence and uh, the uh, law enforcement recommended uh, that National Guard be deployed, and she said no to that because she didn't like the optics um, and some other things that are, are significant to know why it was so the Capitol was so unprepared for this and when there was actual intelligence uh, several days before. So clearly she doesn't want to be investigated, and that's why she's uh, pushing back on Jim Jordan and Jim Banks, um, two uh, very accomplished members who are uh, very thoughtful members, I think, especially Jim Jordan, who I've worked a lot with, uh, Jim, Jim Banks, who I've worked, worked a, lot, a lot with, and as I mentioned, Jim Jordan, who is ranker on judiciary. So basically she's, um, she's revealing that these uh, are all her appointments, they, they are, and if she doesn't like them, she'll tell the, the, them they can't be on. So this is going to be a partisan charade. Um, I think really right now uh, they keep going back to wanting to do this uh, because they want to get away from all the bad policies that they've instituted, uh, them and the Biden administration over the last six months that are causing uh, record inflation, uh, that are causing chaos in places like the Middle East, uh, and uh, that are, are dragging our economy down, that are causing the biggest crime wave that we've seen in decades throughout the nation. They want to, they want to divert that attention away back to what happened six months ago. So we understand that. I, I just hope the public understands it. And they're going to try to to draw attention to this, the shiny object uh, for the uh, up until next November, because Nancy Pelosi wants to make sure she holds on to the majority of the Congress. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen because I think their policies have been so bad. And it's, it's, it's unbelievable how quickly we've seen the devastation in terms of lack of security on the, on the southern border. Um, look what you're paying now for gas. It's dramatic. It's terrible. All these families in my district I hear from are trying to go on trips after COVID has finally subsided and they have to pay $10, $20, $30 more at the pump every time they go. Uh, that's what you call inflation. And it's an inflation tax that every one of the citizens in our country is paying because of the bad policies that we've seen that come out of the White House and the Congress. Speaking of uh, policies out of the White House, the uh, withdrawal in Afghanistan, how do you think that's been handled under President Joe Biden? You know, we can have a debate on whether we should have fully withdrawn or not. I have my opinions on it. Uh, but what we should have done is done it in a way that was responsible and, uh, and was, uh, showed loyalty to the people who have given so much, in, in addition to the men and women from the United States in uniform, there were many, many Afghanistanis over the last 20 years who, um, who took the risk uh, to work with the United States, whether it be interpreters or other things they did. They were invaluable if you talk to anyone who served over there. And uh, the Biden administration uh, has, le- has pulled out so quickly that uh, 
what was promised to the Afghanistanis who served, they were always made the promise that you serve, we know it's going to be dangerous for you if you stay, you, can, you rest assured you can come to the United States as your family can as well. And we have tens of thousands now of people over there who are still stuck over there. And every day um, the Taliban is moving into different towns and quickly taking over uh, Afghanistan. And these people are, um, have death sentences, and not just them, their families. And uh, we need to do everything we can. They should have, frankly, been pulled out. Uh, we should have waited to pull out until this was done. Uh, the Biden administration didn't do that. We need to get them out. Uh, I was proud to vote on co-sponsor legislation this, this week to raise the amount of visas. Uh, but uh, I'm gonna, we're going to keep the pressure on the Biden administration to do right by, by these patriots, these Afghanistani patriots who worked alongside our men and women uh, for nearly two decades. And Congressman, before uh, I let you go, we heard this morning, or actually late last night, that the uh, the feds have dropped the Cuomo nursing home investigation. Do you have any thoughts on that? And, and you wonder why people don't trust their government. I mean, th- this is just just so shocking. Uh, that that they would do this. I mean, this is not saying that uh, should that there should be charges um, charges proffered. This is just saying an investigation. The federal government saying that the amount of people that died in nursing homes that didn't have to, that the hiding of reporting, and they are not even going to investigate it. Now, let me ask you: Do you really think if this was a Republican governor, they would do the same thing? No, they would be investigating it. So, again, I am so disappointed. We're going to look into what is going on here. But this is the type of thing that makes people cynical about government. They are, they are partisan at every walk. And uh, this is unacceptable. Uh, we need to keep the pressure on uh, because the, the, the amount of families in my district and, and throughout the state of New York who lost loved ones that didn't have to, to endure this pain, uh, we gonna need to continue to fight for them. Congressman Chris Jacobs, thank you as always for joining me on a Sunday. Thank you very much. That is Congressman Chris Jacobs from New York 27. Uh, If you missed any of that, it's available on demand at WBEN.com and on the Odyssey app. When we come back, we're talking with political strategist Carl Calabrese. And uh, turn your radio down real quick if you didn't watch the United States basketball game this morning. I'll give you a second. Wow, what an awful showing. Maybe we should have taken those exhibition games just a little more seriously. I thought, I really thought they were just playing at half speed for the exhibition so teams wouldn't prepare for them. Well, I was wrong. Uh, United States Olympic basketball, men's basketball team, lost to France this morning and now are 0-1 in uh, preliminary play in the Olympics. We'll be back after this. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 